0: Hello, this is Gurmeher from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today's Wednesday, the 22nd of February. Aam Party's Shelly Obroy has been elected as the new mayor of Delhi with 150 votes. She defeated BJP candidate Rekha Gupta, who secured 116 votes. Previous attempts at electing a mayor had failed, with repeated adjournments during the election process. Security was tightened inside the municipal house and on the civic centre premises in Delhi, with several civil defence personnel deployed to maintain order. The ARP holds the majority in the 250-member house with 134 councillors, while the BJP has 104. After Oberoi won, she promised to begin work immediately and said that all councillors will take over official duties the next day. She also pledged to immediately inspect the city's landfills, which had become a hotly contested poll plank in the civic elections. Obray acknowledged legacy issues linked to the Municipal Corporation of Delhi and stated she will do her best although her term as mayor is short. The MCD has to elect five mayors in five years. As a result of Obroi's elections, presiding officer Satya Sharma's role has come to an end. The new mayor will preside over the remainder of the day's meetings and conduct elections for the office of the deputy mayor and six members to the MCD standing committee. Responding to the developments, Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal congratulated the people of Delhi and took a shot at the BJP by stating that quote-unquote goons had been defeated. Deputy Chief Minister Manish Sisodia tweeted to congratulate Oberoi and the party workers. BJP spokesperson Praveen Shankar Kapoor also congratulated Oberoi but pointed out that her tenure will be short. He called for all parties to come together in April 2023 to elect a woman mayor for a full one-year term. The previous three meetings were adjourned due to a ruckus. The ARP and BJP have since blamed each other for the disruptions. The ARP had earlier alleged that the BJP is trying to steal its mandate by giving voting rights to nominated members. The CBI has been granted permission by the Union Home Ministry to prosecute Deputy Chief Minister of Delhi Manish Desodia, over allegations of quote-unquote snooping on political opponents through a specially designed feedback unit, FBU. The CBI claimed that FBU, set up by the Delhi government to monitor corruption, was gathering quote-unquote, political intelligence. The agency recommended that an FIR be filed against Sissodia. In response, Sissodia stated that, and I quote, to file false cases on your opponents is a sign of weakness and cowardly person. As the Ahmadmi Party grows, more cases will be filed against us. The Ahmadmi Party had proposed the constitution of the FPU in 2015 to gather relevant information and actionable feedback. The unit started functioning in 2016 with the provision of Rs 1 crore for secret service expenditure. The CBI alleged that the Delhi Chief Minister had moved the proposal in a Cabinet meeting in 2015, but no agenda note was circulated. The CBI initiated a preliminary inquiry after the Delhi government's Vigilance Department detected alleged irregularities in the FBU. Days after an SIT probing, Gujarat's Morbi Bridge collapse found lapses in the structure's maintenance. The Gujarat High Court has ordered Oreva Group to pay compensation to families. The company has been directed to give rupees 10 lakh to families of each deceased and rupees 2 lakh to those who were injured. The Oreva Group was responsible for operating and maintaining the suspension bridge on the Machu River that collapsed last year. The order comes after a recent report based on the SIT's preliminary investigation. It found several lapses in the bridge's repairs, maintenance and operation. Oreva Group's managing director, Jaisug Patel, was arrested in January and was named as the 10th accused in the charge sheet. The Oreva Group has offered to pay an interim compensation of Rs. 5 crore, but the court said that the compensation offered was not just. The company has been asked to pay the interim compensation within four weeks. Listeners, a 32-year-old man from Gandhinagar recently lost his life while attempting to cross the border to the US, but he is just one of the many victims of the dangerous world of illegal immigration. Our new NLCNA series, Ways to Disappear, will look at the hidden camps run by touts, and try to uncover the truth behind the American dream, which have fatal consequences. Contribute to this NLCNA project to help us tell the story. We bring you such analysis and reports only because you've got our back. Subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. A subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. Chief Justice of India, Tiva Chandichur, has agreed to consider urgent listing of an application which said Muslim students are not being permitted to take exams while wearing the hijab next month in government colleges across Karnataka. The student's lawyer, Shadan Farasat said, and I quote, They have already lost a year. Though they are private college students, the exams are held in government institutions. Allow them to take part in the exams. Unquote. This case builds on a split verdict from last year, in which the Supreme Court examined if students have a fundamental right to wear the hijab in government institutions. Justice Hemant Gupta upheld the Karnataka government's prohibitive order in that ruling, stating that, and I quote, "...apparent symbols of religious beliefs cannot be worn to secular schools maintained from state funds." Unquote. He added that, quote-unquote, "...secularity meant uniformity and that adherence to uniform was a reasonable restriction to free expression." On the other hand, Justice Sudhan Dhulia argued that secularity meant tolerance for diversity and that wearing or not wearing a hijab should ultimately be a matter of choice. He insisted that, and I quote, there shall be no restriction on the wearing of hijab anywhere in schools and colleges in Karnataka, unquote. The current application focuses on the prohibition of hijab in classrooms, which the students and their lawyers argue is unfair and discriminatory. As the CGI previously assured the students, the hijab case will be listed before a larger bench of three judges. China's top diplomat Wang Yi is set to meet Russian President Vladimir Putin in Moscow as tensions continue to rise over the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Wang, who has been on tour of Europe, has stated that he expects new agreements to come out of his visit to Moscow. The Kremlin has stated that there's a lot to talk about. The BBC reports that there are speculations in Beijing that plans are underway for China's leader, Xi Jinping, to visit Russia in the coming months. Wang and Russian Security Council Secretary Nikolai Patrushev held talks in Moscow on promoting peace and stability between the two countries. Wang has expressed his commitment to a multipolar world with no hegemonies and his determination to strengthen and deepen relationships between Moscow and Beijing. Due to sanctions imposed on Russia by Western countries, China has become an increasingly important trading partner for Russia. The US has accused China of providing dual-use technology to support Russia's war effort but this has been strongly denied by Beijing. Washington has been applying more pressure on Russia to stop the war with fresh sanctions. In response, the Chinese and Russian officials stated that they, quote-unquote, oppose all forms of unilateral bullying. Meanwhile, US President Joe Biden is scheduled to meet with NATO leaders from Eastern Europe as part of his visit to Poland to mark the anniversary of the war. In Russia, thousands of people are expected to attend a concert at Moscow's Luzhniki Stadium with President Putin.